Welcome back to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I am your host, as always, Dustin P. And on this episode of AMC's The Walking Dead, we talk Season 8, Episode 11, entitled Dead or Alive or... Or... But that voice you heard in the background, let me introduce my co-host. He is Genius McGee. Genius, what's up, bud? How's it going, man? Good, man. We just finished up the episode, so we're going to mm-hmm. do a little unpacking and talking and whatnot. So yeah. uh, what we do is we dive right into spoilers for the sake of brevity. So spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. You've been warned. Genius, what was your first take on this episode? This was a bait-and-switch episode for me. At first, I didn't like it, but then after it wrapped up, I really did like it, but then I didn't like it again. It was kind of like... A mixed bag. I mean, I'm still kind of deciding whether I thought it was meh or I really enjoyed it. So this is going to give me a good chance to, like, talk it out. Yes. That's yes. what we aim for. Yes. Catharsis. Yes. So Closure! I need closure, goddammit! <laughs> so we did have closure on a couple characters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we'll, but we'll wah, talk wah. about that as the as our episode goes along. Take two and call me in the morning. Oh. oh too but uh, one of the things that this, this episode really did was focus a lot on Father Gabriel, mm-hmm. a lot on Eugene and Negan's dynamic, and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of what with Dwight and how he deals with Tara in this episode. Yeah. So and which, Norman Reedus. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Norman Reedus and Rosita kind uh-huh. of playing... Backfiddle, I guess, would be the easiest way for me to say it. Yeah. Um, you know, Daryl still being angsty Daryl. Mm-hmm. Rosita still being, well, all of a sudden calm and cool collected Rosita. Yeah. Uh, but The now, voice of reason. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird for her character because after Abraham died, she was all gung-ho, you know. Right, vengeance. And then when she saw that her original plan fucked up and fucked everybody else up, she, I guess she had to learn the hard way. Repentant Rosita. R- right. But there's still revolutions coming up with Rosita. But it, yeah. it's... She'd learned the hard way that patience is the better part of valor. Yeah. So with those three ep- uh, with those three mini vignettes, we got the Father Gabriel and Dr. Carson. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Tara and Dwight. Mm-hmm. And then we also have, um, why am I blanking all of a sudden? Negan. Negan and, and uh, Eugene. And we also have Maggie and Hilltop. Oh, okay. So which of those four would you like to dive into? Well, we've already started talking about the... Uh, uh, Terroritas. Terroritas. So let's yeah. finish talking about Terroritas. Okay. Um, what we see in this episode is a lot of backstory with uh, Norman Reedus's character, Daryl, trying to lead I, the the rest of the savior, or not the, the rest of the, the rest of the, the rest survivors of the, the from Alexandria yeah. um, out of the sewers, and they're trying to lead them to Hilltop. The, the plan is, you know, follow the road to get to Hilltop. Well, then Dwight tells uh, Daryl that... Negan is more than likely going to have all of these exits covered. But even before that, that I even wrote that in my notes. That was a bitch move, Tara. Bitch ass move right there. But honestly, I mean, Dwight is the one that killed Denise, so I mean, she no. is justified she's, at least in my eyes with her vengeance. That's that's very true. But at the same time, I mean, going later on into the point, uh, later on into the story, which one of my things is, uh, I'm always angry when people don't like our common sensory things about. About this, you know? Okay. And I know that sounds weird because it's conjecture and opinion and all that. But, like, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. You know what I'm saying? And although there's going to be the animosity, I would kick the shit out of him. But I wouldn't, like, you know, just, like, oops, just throw throw walkers at him. Right. I mean, it was was a very, you know. It was a bitch move. It totally was. And, like, it was just like, oh, come on, man. I think she could have laid out a little bit more of an elaborate plan than just going, hey, Walker, yeah. <laughs> coming at you, catch, you know? I mean, and she tried to do that a couple different times. I mean, you, you see her throw the Walker at Dwight the first time, 
And then, you know, she volunteers Dwight to go out on Walker Recon Patrol mm-hmm. to kill a couple. And then the the shoe drops. Dwight only has a knife. She's got a silenced weapon. Right. So she decides that she's going to try to off him. Yeah. Which, well, we see how it turns out. It doesn't turn out well at all. Mm-hmm. So much like every other plan that Tara has been involved in in the past couple episodes. She's it's, just not the master strategist. No, you know she's saying? not even a halfway strategist. No, no, I mean, she's putting everybody in danger for her own personal vendetta. And it's. I'm glad she finally realized that like he is on the side because I'm thinking, like, God damn, Tara. I understand that you're angry, but how much do you have to prove that you guys are both going towards the same goal? And he even said himself, he goes, after we're done with this, I know what this, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, he knows what's going to happen after everything's said and done. Yeah, so let's go ahead and work together. Even though everybody was spitting sage advice and even Norman Reedus was like, yeah, this is a good plan. Let's see, let's at least look at it, you know? Well, I mean, it's the only plan that they had. Right. I mean, what 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 are they gonna do? Take to the roads and then you know take the the chance of being caught by the the saviors? Right. She's over there bitching and moaning and complaining when that's the only really other way to go. Yeah. You know. Hey, what what do you do? You chance the swamps or you chance being captured? Mm-hmm. And I don't think Daryl wants to be put on Easy Street again. No. Fuck so no. because there there is no more Sherry to let him out. No. So I mean, at this point, and you know, it, Negan, Negan wants Daryl dead almost as much as he wants Rick dead. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, because it's like the the. I guess questioning his authority and questioning his his being the the ultimate badass in this apocalypse, mm-hmm. and for you know everything that Tara's done, I mean she's she's kind of fallen flat, you know, in, in terms of all of her plans that she wants to kind of carry out. She's done fucking up, yeah, you know, just a consistent. I don't know if she's done, no, but no. she's she's she done, done she done goof, she done goof, she done fucked up. She uh, she continuously. Her plans just fall flat and they don't work. She needs to like look like maybe I need to step back a little bit, take a little personal inventory. You know what I'm saying? I mean like take a couple deep breaths, right? Because if you're consistently things are not going your way, you should probably maybe think about a different direction. Yeah. And now that she went off and she fucking left the entire group un unmanned, not necessarily unmanned and unguarded, because remember there there were people still there that had weaponry, but. True, I, without but, a without a true leader, right? And so, like, what if shit really went down? What if they got captured? And because she's off running, playing, surviving the game, fucking, <laughs> <laughs> come on, let's go kill some walkers. One more thing they hunt: the deadliest prey. You know, so the wrong time and wrong place, Tara. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that was you know a, a lot of the same sentiment I had is just like you know you you need to you need to shelve this this anger that mm-hmm. you've got right now because. Out here, it's not doing you any good. Right. You know, all you're going to do is you're going to eliminate one body mm-hmm. when that all that business can be handled later. And, right and, now, just survive. And he is a valuable asset. He knows the enemy. He was from the enemy. He knows the compound, the weaknesses, the strategies, and all that. He was like, if I was leading them because I used to, I would go this way. So we should stay away from that way. He's a 100% valuable asset. And for Terry to do what she's fucking trying to do... It's bullshit. Yeah, and and we as the viewer of the episode actually get to see that. It's easy for us to say. No, and we get to see that later on in the episode when Dwight, uh, when they they ultimately come to a crossroads. You know, Tara's about to kill Dwight. Right. Well, then the saviors come, their savior patrol Mm -hmm. comes down through the woods, 
and Dwight essentially gives himself up. He's like, hey, 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 you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I think, you know, I, I got away. I escaped the, the ambush that they laid for us. And led them the other way without fucking hesitation. And I'm glad that Terrace saw that. And I'm glad that Rosita saw that exactly. Tara saw that. Because fucking Tara needed to cool. Just like I said last season, Rosita needed to cool her fucking jets. And she fucking did. And now she's easily becoming one of my favorite characters. Yeah. On the ancillary characters. Now Tara needs to learn the same lesson. And I'm glad that Rosita is like, look, I was where you're at. Slow your fucking roll. Exactly. You know? And I think Rosita understands that. I mean, while we've kind of conjectured or joked around a lot about, you know, potentially a Rosita Dwight, you know, subplot. Right. I don't think there's going to be one. But I think but there's mutual respect. There. Yeah. I, I think that Rosita understands that he is a he is a underutilized tool in this fight. He's a tactical resource. Yeah. And, and, and Tara doesn't see that because she's so blinded by anger. Right. And and then with Rosita's military background and hanging out with Abraham and all that stuff, he she can see that, too. But like you said, Terrence is blinded by anger, but she just keeps fucking up. I hope she realizes this now. But now, now you have not only Dwight possibly compromised because Negan's got chemical warfare, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Right. Um, but who knows what's going to happen with Dwight? And they have grumpy Reedus because now you got Reedus in berserker mode, ready to go. But I'm gonna kill him and you know, I mean. It's not really Dwight's fault, you know, and this in this in this scenario. Well, and I think a lot of what Dwight said kind of rings true. You know, everything that he did was for his his wife Sherry. Right. You know, and and honestly, if you look at it, he has more he has more reason to hate Negan than anybody. And we've covered this on you know, over the previous shows. Mm -hmm. You know, he's Negan stole his wife, uh -huh. burned his face, uh -huh. essentially subjugated him to a life of servitude to Negan. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what what's going to happen at this point? I mean, I think that Dwight is actually in the right, you know, because he even says, I apologize for what happened to Denise. Yeah. You know, I, I apologize for killing her. And this is not the time. If you want to kill me later on, let's do it. Right. You know, but I, I understand was, where, where this is ultimately going to play out. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. He understands and he goes, look, I know this shit's going to go bad, but he was exactly right. This is not the time or not the place. And, and uh, Tara needs to fucking calm her ass down. Yeah. So does Daryl. I mean, Daryl needs. Yeah, to, Grumpy needs to, Reedus needs to slow his roll. Well, too. he needs to understand that you know he is he is as much as as he doesn't want to be. I mean, he's a leader in this group. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is Rick's right hand. Right. And people are going to follow him, and he's a barometer for this group. So I mean, he needs to understand that he has a place to play, and he needs to be thinking rationally. Yeah. He can't just go off on his own because he wants his cut or he wants his crossbow. Right. Nah. You know, Grumpy Reedus, exactly what you just said. Uh huh. So that makes that sets up an interesting dynamic for the rest of the Fucking season. Terror Reedus, god damn it. Uh, yeah, because I mean, you think about it, they're the ones that screwed up the plan in the first place. All their plans are both. But now they're up. the mad ones. Right. Me. Right. So I mean, it's it's very interesting because then later on in the end of the episode, and we won't we won't go too deep into that right now, mm -hmm. but we do see Dwight back at the the sanctuary with yeah. the, the saviors, and you know. Negan doesn't know that he turned on the convoy. Yeah. Everything that we that everything that we see at this point in the episode is that, you know, Dwight is just back. He's the only survivor of, of this the of the ambush. Right, right. Personally, no not knowing what I know, I would that would throw up a lot of red flags to me. Yeah, you're the only person that was able to make it out alive. Right. So I mean, we we'll see this definitely play out in the back half of season eight, possibly into season nine, depending on how long they they, they draw out the all-out war right. um, thing. 
which I think it's actually going to come to a conclusion by the end of this season. Really? I really do. I think huh. I think the whole, you know, the, the, the <coughs> war factor thing can only go on for about a season before you start losing, you know, not necessarily vo- viewers, but, yeah, definitely traction in the mm-hmm. story. So I guess that takes us to Father Gabriel and Dr. Carson. Mm. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know you've been a fan of Father Gabriel. I, I, yes and no. And I first I hated the little weasel. Right, I think everybody hated him in the in the early portions of his character. And then he and then he redeemed himself to me and came back around. And then I liked where he was going. Now this one, this one I had issues with from the get. But and this is one of the main reasons why I'm still trying to process the episode I have, uh, the episode we just watched because in my main notes, um, I put down. I'm interesting to f- see that his whole let's let God lead the way thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it kept becoming too much deus ex machina. Like, oh, coincidence. Oh, here it comes. Ah, and like, and it was too much like almost um, <laughs> produced by the 700 Club, the blind reverse going to see and bringing this uh, man of science to the way of the Lord. And I was like, this is too heavy handed for this. Right. And I was, I stuck around because I wanted to see where I was going for the simple fact that I do enjoy Father Gabriel's character. But I was thinking, I do not want this, like, happy-go-lucky road trip filled with coincidence and Mm -hmm. just solve all the problems that there ever was. The Father and the Doc, next time on ABC. Right? (laughs) Some cheesy-ass buddy rom-com. Coming up on PAX TV, starring Jane Seymour. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Walker. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, um, I was like, I, cause I like Father Gabriel and I like what they were doing with it and how the coincidences were kind of very fun, but they were very heavy handed. But when the switch happened, right? When he, all of his plans went for naught and the doctor d- got killed and he realized that his whole faith led him to nothing led him to a worse than he was before yeah his life is saved but now he's in servitude and now he's even more scrutinized at first he was just a patient on the somewhat good side of Negan now he's a prisoner yeah so, he was the creep he was the creepy uh, the creepy priest right now, now he's the very suspicious creepy priest right so now he's his stature is gone he's in a worse place and the fact that his optimism led him astray. It was a bittersweet one because I like his character. Would you say his optimism or was it his blind faith? No, seriously, I'm not. That wasn't a punny. That that wasn't a a pun on my part. I mean, it was his blind faith. Right. Everything that he said in the episode was like, oh, this is the way that God willed it. Right. This, you know, as long as I'm optim, uh, you know, optimistic, everything will play out. And then, just like you said, the switch happens at the end. Doctor Carson gets killed. Yeah. and, And he is broken again. Yeah. In his faith. Yeah, it's like I hated the bummer ending, but I like the fact that it flipped on him. You know I what I'm too. saying? I do too because I think that Father Gabriel as a character, yeah, I think he deserves a little bit more of a character arc and a little bit more conflict. If it wasn't if it wasn't for the charisma of uh, Father Gabriel's character, this would be a sore spot in the thing because it would be too like. Oh, let's let Jesus find the way. And everything happens for a reason. While there are times and places for that, I think putting a whole too much in one was... Too much focus on it. Yeah. But then when it flipped, I was like, 
it redeemed itself to me because I was like, that's a bummer ending. It was like the whole reverse. I'm very conflicted by it. Well, and I think what you're going to see with Father Gabriel is that, you know, the old adage that God only gives you so much, um, you know, even in the bad, he only gives you as much as you can handle. But I don't want too much of that. That's the thing. Well, I don't I don't think they're going to go that way. But I think in Father Gabriel's viewpoint, that's what's going to end up happening, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, he is back at Eugene's quote unquote outpost, which is the bullet farm now. And, and now all he's doing is a very menial task of sorting the, the spent cartridges. Do you think he's going to lose his faith and then Eugene maybe might try to redeem himself and Father Gabriel? Or? I don't know. As, as a pure man of science, I don't think that Eugene has a lot of uh, faith in, in an other being. Yeah. So I really don't think it's going to come from Eugene. If it comes from anything, I think it's going to be, you know, maybe Father Gabriel regains his sight completely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe something, something other than that maybe helps him reaffirm his his belief in in god and whatnot but i i am like you it, it was a little heavy-handed there yeah. for a little bit um it was a little bit too much of a message i'm not saying that there's no place for religion in a zombie apocalypse fiction show but at the same time when it's hitting you over the head so much and that's why at first i was getting pissed off so like i don't really like this but then when it just shattered his worldview and his faith and rocked his faith, then I was like, that is some cold blooded shit walking dead. Yeah. So I mean, and it was an interesting turn for his character because I mean, now we see more conflict added to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he still does not know that Carl's dead. Yeah. Um, he is actually one of the last remaining characters on the show that, that doesn't know that Carl is dead mm-hmm. uh, because you know, with, with everything that played out and, and we'll talk about that in another snippet as well. But I, th- I think it's interesting for Father Gabriel going into the back half of the season, you know, exactly what his role with, you know, Eugene at the Bullet Farm and how those interactions are going to be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Negan still doesn't know that Eugene was the one that let him out because Father Gabriel didn't give Eugene up. He right. said, you know, it was Dr. Carson's idea. You know, he kind of put the plan into into action, and, you know, that's how we got away. So See, even at his lowest point, Gregory's still looking out for – all right, not Gregory. Uh, Gabriel's still looking out for people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Even after his faith is broken, he still has faith in people. And so let's 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 tie that into now Eugene. Yeah, his story. And you know, it's it's very interesting to see Eugene because now we see that um, Negan was very suspicious of him. You know, how mm-hmm. did the how did Father Gay the creepy the creepy priest and the doctor get away? Well, Eugene said, you know. He, he just he just kind of plays it off, you know. Well, I I don't really know, you know. Do you think he suspected Eugene from the get? I think he suspected Eugene. I really yeah. do, because while everybody else was out warring and and fighting the Walkers, I mean Eugene was really the one that had access to everything, mm-hmm. um, had the ability to make this plan kind of go. Sure. Well, um, and in, in fairness, he did do it. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, you also had Simon, you also had Gavin. Yeah, you know, they were dispersed at the other at the hilltop, um, or not the hilltop, at Alexandria. Mm-hmm. They at the doing kingdom. doing dirty shit. Yeah, they were they were doing savior things. Right. So <laughs> savior doing savior <laughs> things. Savior's gonna save. But but those those of the main people. Yeah. Were out doing what Negan had told them to do. The only one that was left back there was Eugene. So and whether suspicious or not, the the, the liability would land probably squarely on him being the next. Yeah. I mean, it just makes the most sense for Eugene right. to be the one that gets, you know, doubt cast upon him. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we see in the episode with the interactions between Negan and Eugene, um, I think is very interesting because now, yeah. you know, Negan is giving him even more responsibility by giving him the bullet farm or the mm-hmm. machinery. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and needs everything he wants. Right. And more massages boots. and, you know, more perks. Yeah. And, 
everything. Yeah, so. and alcohol. Do you think uh, the alcohol is going to play a huge part into Eugene's story? Or do you think it's going to be kind of like a side quest on a side quest? I don't know. I think um, I hate to say no because The Walking Dead has had a has had a knack of doing that to people. Mm. They'll throw something seemingly inconsequential in there, and then all of a sudden it'll be a turn. Yeah. And I mean, in and you know, for the sake of our viewers, we come at this straight from a viewpoint of just the show, right? You no know, just what the show books, is giving us, right? You know, Genius and I have have read most of the comic books. Uh, but we try to come to it f- dr- just from the show because Se- they do deviate. separate. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be that way. I think it might just be one of those things like, you know, red herring. Maybe he just wants to get drunk. Maybe he just wants to kind of deal with everything that's going on. Yeah. We already know that that's a coping mechanism yeah. for him. So, and so now that he's got a broken Gabriel whispering in his ear, you know? Yeah. Maybe it might, might add just even more stress to him. And that was a, like, uh, <laughs> when the, that gorgeous woman comes up to her or well, him and like, like, so hey, how's it going? Get off my goddamn floor! You know, <laughs> you need to wear you need to wear safety glasses, right? <laughs> Appropriate safety glasses. And it was almost kind of go make me a sandwich, but at the same time, it was. Yeah. And at the same time, he goes, "I'm not here to you know to use and abuse you. You're here. You, apparently, you're a cook. So cook. So no, she wasn't the cook. It, it, she was just like you know somebody that Negan had sent to Eugene, oh. and that's why he said you know you know." with my omelet make sure that she understands that i want it done this way uh, so but he did say that you know my, my brow might get sweaty and it might need a wipe in here pretty soon i'm just like wow eugene what a dick move but, that was you know, it's like, whatever what is absolute power corrupts absolutely exactly so but <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the mullet right so but when he came in Negan was still like looking for blood and do you still think he was pissed, like, about to give Eugene some crazy shit until Eugene kind of, like, sparked that idea of using trebuchets filled with walkers? Uh, I, I don't know where Negan's head is at this point. I you mean, know? He, he's already been thwarted a couple times. Mm-hmm. We, still don't, um, we still don't have an interaction, on the show at least, with Negan finding out that Gavin is dead. Right, and, and that, that there's a traitor amongst the ranks. Right, you know? we, we don't know what's going to happen when Negan finds out what... what Simon did with the trash people. I kind of hope he pulls a Rick Grimes and just goes batshit insane. You just want to hear. You just want to hear Simon say bullshit right. again. No, I want to hear. I want to see Negan go batshit insane. Just pull a Rick Grimes and just like start all Negan style. Nah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Negan is a little bit too much, too much of a calm, cool cucumber to be able to do stuff like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where Eugene kind of plays mm-hmm. out in this whole thing because, you know, as much as he hates to say it, you know, and Negan even questions him at the beginning of the episode yeah. when he asks about Alexandria. You know, he's like, "Do you still care about these people, R- Eugene?" Right? Because I mean, it's hard. It would be hard to trust someone yeah. to turn coat so quickly. And so, like, yeah, okay, cool. You know, but I mean, Eugene's just looking for security. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what his character is looking for at this point. So. I think Negan understands that as well. Um, Using the fear factor against him. Yeah. Yeah. But but he's fast on Neg- uh, Eugene is quick when it comes to thinking. He is one sharp potato. Yeah. And, you know, when, when Negan comes to him, <laughs> he, he's trying to figure out, you know, what, what's going to happen with this war uh-huh. because they're not going to have bullets. Right. You know, they're not going to have the, uh, the massive bullets that Negan wants. You know, he even makes mention to, to Eugene, you know, well, what do we do? And just like you said, 
you know, Eugene offers up, how about we take, you know, walker parts and we catapult a head or catapult an arm. Which he goes, that's going to be some psychological warfare. And, you know. And he also says, and he'll show some razzle-dazzle. And of one thing we know, Negan loves razzle-dazzle. Yeah. And, and, so that, and, he's, and Negan he, bit it. Right. Bit for it. Like, Eugene, line is sinker. Eugene is speaking Negan's language and in, in, in such a wonderful, almost not trash Persian way, but in his own weird speak. Yep. <laughs> that, uh, I really still like Eugene's character. And even though he goes to the dark side, I still think he might be redeemable, even though he probably won't be. Uh, you know, after everything's said and done, I don't think Eugene's going to survive there. Unfortunately, I don't, think, I don't think he's long for this world either. Yeah. I, I think you can only play so many sides for so long before they all figure out, you know, where this, where the missing piece is. Unfortunately, I think everybody in that bullet farm is now on the chopping block, including Gabriel. And that kind of sucks, man, to see yeah. Father Gabriel kind of go through this whole, like, creepy father, cool guy, creepy father, cool guy, man, and all of a sudden, and then all yeah. of a sudden he comes full circle to being, you know, the, the kind of weird, like, kumbaya I you know, father. I kind of want to see him in mean mm, serving a God. You know what I'm saying? Very nice from Dust Till Dawn. Pull. Like you, you know what I'm saying? I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of. Father wanna... Gabriel becomes Harvey Keitel. Right. Well, just going around like just being a badass priest zombie killer. You know. Mm -hmm. Just I. I. That's what I want to see. That's what I ho eventually hope he'll be. But like I said, I don't think he's long for this world. Uh, he didn't look long for this world this episode numerous times that's very true i mean maybe he can be it would be even more dope a blind priest badass zombie killer so we're talking like blind fury like rutger howard yes. kind of sweet yes i could get behind that idea yes and he could have like a big long bladed cross you know like the cross is more like an axe but it's like sharp wow the power and the power of gabriel just wah, wah. <laughs> Fan fiction. Yep. You hear this, Scott Gimple? Get on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, but no, I mean that that brings an interesting an interesting dynamic to the Negan <coughs> Negan Eugene storyline uh -huh. as well. Um, you know, sprinkling a little Father Gable, you get that little little creepy spice going on in there. So, <laughs> so you got to kind of figure out exactly what's going to happen with you know Father Gabriel, Eugene, and Negan. And going the worst on. Spice Girl ever. <laughs> yeah, creepy, creepy Spice. spice. <laughs> He's like a like a forty two year old balding man. If you want to be my lover, gotta get with my friend. Like, Ew, no, thank you. <laughs> Gross. So, <laughs> so I guess the I guess the final snippet of our little vignette or episode would be the hilltop community and Maggie's interaction with the the, the savior prisoners yeah and how she interacts with the other people so what do you got to say about that one there genius Gabriel need, er, Gregory needs to go yes he God does. damn he needs yes. to go he needs to get capped and especially now that they need rations. Yep. Here's, here's the thing. Cook was, him up some Gregory. That's all right? I got to say. He can get a little Terminus action up in there. But here's the thing. She already says, hey, everybody's getting a third quarter of a ration, or a third of a ration, all of us across the board. And they're like, well, maybe we can go. Don't press your fucking luck, dude. You know what I'm saying? You could if easily have none. Right. If you're a prisoner of war, don't press your fucking luck. I mean, this. it's understandable him saying, like, hey, I want to get. we want to get out and do some exercise. But, like... Yeah, pick your battles. You I know? still think that's going to lead to some issues, you know, with, with them letting some of the saviors out of, of the the pen. I think that was a tactically an incorrect or erroneous move on on Maggie's part. But <laughs> I did like the creepy kid. 
They're yeah, like, are you, like, that was. I, it's very smart of them to turn it into a feel uh, into. Okay, here, okay, here's a couple of things about the interesting thing with the this hilltops uh, vignette. I like the fact that they are preparing for war. They yep. know that it's coming. Absolutely. So instead of putting on a facade like, hey, let's work for some crops, you know, they're fortifying, fortifying walls, making yeah. it a f- fortress, a battle siege. And I really think that's a smart move on her part. Um, being somewhat kind to the prisoners is a good thing on his part. But I love the part like, what's the dude with the? Can we stop having the creepy kid look at us? Oh, Henry, the little kid Henry. He even called him the creepy kid out there. But Carol being the calm voice of reason like hey you need to say something you know to this kid or you need to come with me or do so go with him yeah and the interaction about it yeah and the interaction with morgan and carol i mean you know morgan even says you know well he's dealing with it it's like no he's not he's not right right carol even goes and neither are you you like you both need help right now you know and one thing i maybe you can help me out with this one of the other things I'm on the fence, I didn't understand what Morgan's endgame was with Henry uh, Carl Jr. Okay, you're talking about the part where he tells him who killed the, yeah, his brother? Yeah, the very, and then he goes, you, and he goes, so you got him, so, like, he goes, and he just stopped, like, so, what are you going to do now? Are you going to go kill more people? Are you going to stop? No, I, like, I, I didn't understand what he was trying to, the message he was trying to convey to Carl Jr., I think the the message that Morgan had given to Henry was the one that Carol had planted in Morgan's head when she told him, you know, he's not right and neither are you. Mm-hmm. I think Morgan finally realized that if this kid goes on thinking that that he doesn't know, he has no closure to who killed his brother. Yeah. And that's why he said Gavin did it and you already got him. Yeah. I think if, you know, in Morgan's mind, if Henry just keeps on going with that this i don't know who served. killed my brother yeah you know i'm just gonna go kill everybody because then i can guarantee that i'm gonna get them mm-hmm. so when he when he tells him you know well gavin killed your brother and you got him so you're good yeah. and he just kind of walks away i think morgan it's kind of like one of those you know the little things that you tell little kids yeah you know it's it's the the basic psychology of, of telling them oh no everything's okay now you go you, back to being a kid yeah you, you destroyed the monster that was scaring yeah you. exactly i mean you you've overcome this so i think that's what what uh morgan's end game was there and you kind of you kind of see it on melissa mcbride's face you know when when morgan tells henry that you kind of see a, a halfway smile from carol but when he just says so you got him so i mean just like what yeah, it was, now, it was like, you know, you got him so you can let this die. You can you can let this anger, you know, go away because you've already. I just think you should have gave him a little bit more with that. You know what A little I'm bit saying? more of a Morgan pep talk. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean Carl Jr. Henry is right. And that absolutely doesn't m- prove that uh, Morgan is in right frame of mind. Right. So those are still two very interesting characters. I really do. I think Morgan is still way out there. Yeah. I mean, uh, something happened to him when he was in the satellite, uh, the satellite outpost, mm-hmm. when he thought he was going to die, you know, when he got shot when they when they opened that door. Yeah. I think something happened to him there where it sent him back to on the precipice of clear Morgan, you know, right. the episode clear mm-hmm. where he was nuts and he was attacking Rick. But, I mean, he still has the foresight to do the right thing when it came to Henry. Um but, yeah, I don't think – he's not all there. He's still a few fries short of a happy meal. Yeah, he really is. I mean, and he's trying to do his best to deal with, you know, everything that's going on. 
Um, but, you know, the other portion of the hilltop that we haven't touched on yet is at the end of the episode, everything is muted. The music is playing in the background. Uh, Daryl is carrying Judith. Mm-hmm. And they come into the hilltop gates, and you see the you know Daryl starting mouthing the words, you know, Carl's gone, mm-hmm. and Maggie realizes it, Carol realizes it. You see Enid absolutely just broken in, in half, yeah, you know, by everything that happened. And I mean, it was it was a tough watch at that point because you saw this character mm-hmm. that meant so much to so many people, and and they're just gone now. So yeah. I mean, where where does that leave you know characters like Enid? who had this very tight or people like Maggie. I mean, Maggie and Carl had been characters on this show or had interactions ever since season two, when they were at the farm, Maggie has become hard. Yeah. She's a true had to. So she's going to be like, ah, that sucks, but we got to go. Enid, keep I mean, we got to keep going on. We got bigger. Mm-hmm. What, ain't got time to bleed. You know, ain't got time to cry. Enid, on the other hand, I don't know what she's going to do because She's emo Enid still, so she can like go off and shoot more Riverside people, or she can like just bottle up inside, you know, or she can go and kind of like just go ape shit, just like whatever, or she's gonna have to get put down, like look at the flowers. So Mm -hmm. I don't know where this is gonna go with Enid. I hope she doesn't fuck up more than she already has. And, and I hope that when Michonne and Rick make it back to Hilltop and they have the massive interaction, I, I hope that her letter has some type of closure from Carl in it. Yeah. Because otherwise, she's just going to go off and it's going to be just a, a weird happening for her character. Weird stray cat eating it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's going to be closed off to everybody. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that kind of folds. And we got rid of the emo kid. We don't want another emo kid. You know? Yeah, and, and I also found this this episode. I mean, very... I hate to sound that cruel. No, you know, no, no, but... no. I I thought this episode was really interesting because this is the this is I believe this is the first episode this season that we haven't seen Andy Lincoln uh, as Rick Grimes in this episode. Oh yeah, I, th- I think it's the only one this season. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very interesting that they chose like the middle you know the middle of the back half of the season to kind of take the emphasis away from Rick. Yeah. But like we said with last episode of our recap show, last episode was really Rick heavy mm-hmm. and how he was dealing with everything. So have the, you know, the past two episodes have been in the show. Yeah. So we touched on Tara Reedus. Yeah. We touched on Maggie in the Hilltop. Yep. We touched on father Gabriel and, and Dr. Carson. Yep. We talked on Dwight and Tara. <laughs> Gregory needs to get got. I'm telling you, he You've been saying that for about the last half season. He, last <laughs> half season? I've been saying that since he first came on. Gregory needs to get got. He is a weasel. Ah, I can't. But I, I think he's going to be dispatched handily. But here's my thing. They're already stretched for food at the hilltop. And then you got about, like, 30 more people that just showed up. Like, Maggie's got to be like, what the fuck am I going to do with everybody? You know? It's like... More hands there, though, means more availability to scavenge. That's true, so. but, but not if you got saviors all over the place, too. Yeah, but what happens when Rick comes to the hilltop and the saviors are there? Yeah, Rick's going to go full metal grimes on her ass, yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, because they were there at Alexandria to see their houses and their, their home burned. You know, so Michonne and Rick, they're they're not going to have it. So it's going to be interesting to see that. It's going to be interesting to see the tension between, like, the inner workings of the survivor group. Mm-hmm. You know, because Maggie sees them as a resource to help them plant, 
you know, fortifying this, that, and the other. Rick, Daryl, and everybody that came from Alexander are going to want him dead. Dead, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I'm glad Maggie's being hard-ass enough to shut that one dude down. The one's like, hey, let's just listen. Like, you know, shut the fuck up. Can we have exercise time? No. <laughs> right? Go in the corner and fucking do sit-ups, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but <clears throat> I just hope things work out. Because right now I know Maggie's trying to put on a brave face, but shit's going crazy. But she's, she still hasn't dealt with being a you know being an assassin, right? You know, in a couple episodes ago where she just popped that dude and killed him. But it's awesome that she realized that uh, Sadiq is now a medical profession. And, and I do think that was really cool of Sadiq as well. Yeah. When he came up to, to Maggie and, you know, kind of said, you know, thank you for everything. And she's like, well, it's nothing. But he goes, no, it really is. I mean, but I do want to help. I mean, he he's honoring that 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 commitment he made to mm-hmm. Carl before Carl died. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was really cool. Because they're in infirmary. He goes, no, why you sick? And he goes, no, I'm, I'm I got some training. I'm a Let's doctor. <laughs> doctor. <laughs> toboggan. Man, Sadiq. Sadiq Toboggan. So it'll be interesting. I, I think he's going to be an interesting character kind of playing forward. But it's um, got to suck for Gabriel to know that all that thing that he went through, loss of faith, trying to bring the doctor in, oh, magically shooting a zombie while blind, like... A la Lando Calrissian. Fucking... And Han Solo. Fucking a la JFK, man. Like, yeah. back to the left, you know? That was but, some straight-up Sarlacc pit stuff right a, there, man. That was cool. That was some Father Ruck- Gabriel's Han Solo. That's true. That was some Rucker Howard fucking... Uh, blind uh-huh. Fury. Yeah. I could have... <laughs> put the doctor in the blind priest. Walk into a bar. But... <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad I talked this out because I have a final score. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So with that being said, we've recapped pretty much all of the vignettes and the, the, the different characters in the episode, so mm-hmm. like we do on every episode. How would you rank this episode? Zero to ten, ten being the highest. <laughs> I think I'm going to rate it a 6.5. This was a very good episode. It was, you could totally tell it was a filler episode because while important things did play out, not much dynamic-wise changed. However... The, a lot of characters, uh, I guess B-Squad characters, you could say, yep. are now in a different headspace. And I did like that. Uh, I didn't like the journey. I did like the journey of Father Gabriel and the Doctor, but I didn't because it seemed so heavy-handed. But I did like when it flipped the script. So okay. it, it lost a lot of points on the way there. But then regained them all. But then it regained a lot of them back, but not all to, gotcha. s- to get more of a higher score. So I'm 6.5 me. And actually, I think this is going to be a first because I'm actually going to rate this episode a little bit higher than you would go seven flat. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the things that you've you've kind of touched upon, you know, Father Gabriel's, you know, roller coaster ride of, you know, his story arc through this mm-hmm. particular episode was good for me. Um, angry Terroritas was was kind of grating on me during yeah. the episode. Me too. Um, me too. But, but it was nice to see that Rosita still had a little bit of calming influence on the group. Yeah. So, you know, that, I think that saved a little bit. But I really did enjoy um, Father Gabriel's story, and I really enjoyed Eugene and Negan this episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, one thing we did forget to talk about, though, was... The, the uh, infected? The, yeah, the swamps, yeah. the swamp monsters. That the, the special effects, again, this season, the zombies look really cool. However, the one with the gobbler... With the neck gobbler, you can totally tell that was like weird prosthetic. But the underwater or the swamp swamp monsters, 
looked very dope, very uh, creep show reminiscent. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. that, that yeah, that's a yeah. that's a good comparison there. Yeah. So I, 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 I really thought, yeah, the, the visual effects in this episode are really good. I might have to bump mine to 6.75. <laughs> <laughs> Six and three quarters. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where the, the back half of the season kind of yeah. leads us now going into all-out war-ish now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we really haven't been all-out war. I mean, yeah. we've kind of just been, you know, attacks, you know. so For a filler episode, this was very serviceable. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, just like you said, no. it gave us a little bit of story for some characters, moved mm-hmm. some people around on the board. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that happens. I do want to remind everybody to check out our episode next week as we dive into Season 8, Episode 12 of AMC's The Walking Dead. But on behalf of my co-host, Genius McGee, I'm Dustin P. And we're going to play this one.